Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Jelly Old Saint Nick Watson on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we are celebrating the holidays and the end of the year by not only taking a look back at 2019 for both Paper Team and TV writing itself, but also celebrating you folks, our fans. But first, since 2020 is very fast approaching, we have some Paper Team news we would like to announce. So let's get to it. All right, so now for some 2020 Paper Team announcements. Uh, We are planning on doing another mixer at the top of the year. Uh, This will be like a New Year's mixer, everybody getting their head back in the game, recovering from the holidays, making your plans for the new year, and we just wanted to offer an opportunity for uh, all of our listeners and dear friends to get together and hang out and catch up and see what everyone's been up to. Absolutely. We did one uh, at the top of 2019. That was a huge success. And then we thought, you know what, let's celebrate uh, Hensight by adding another mixer at the top of the year. We don't know yet the date uh, that will be announced probably in our next episode uh, at the top of 2020. So tune in for that one. In other news, we are going to be doing our regular paper tease segments again. And uh, with that, there is the possibility that we might be offering a second round of the paper team mentorship, uh, like we did with Paul last year, who uh, fantastically got staffed on a show. So maybe this time we can can see it through all the way to the end. Hopefully just as much good news for our next mentee as our last one. Absolutely. I feel like we've been using paper tease to sort of discover talent and uh, also uh, pass it forward in the sense of creating events for our listeners, as well as our uh, Paper Tease entrants. For example, the Wildcats table read was from a Paper Tease entry. So uh, we definitely want to do more of that next year. And you can submit right now your Paper Tease uh, entry at papertionco slash teaser. And once again, that is the session where we give feedback on your teasers of your original pilots. It can be up to and under eight pages, as long as it's for an original TV pilot teaser. The other announcement we want to make is that we will be doing a showrunner series, much like what we did with the TV running fellowship programs earlier this year. That's right. We're going to be lining up a uh, murderer's row of uh, top showrunners to a interview. Gaggle. Yes. <laughs> a gaggle of showrunners. Is that the appropriate uh, collective <laughs> noun? We're starting off with one big showrunner who we're really excited to have on, and we will be following that up uh, with more as we go along. Technically, Aaron Colite's episode was a bit of a prototype episode, some may say. So if uh, you enjoy that episode, I feel like we will uh, deliver even more good content in, uh, in months to come. And uh, it's really the opportunity for us to sit down down and sort of a, do a, a deep dive into what goes on, not just the, the staffing process, but really the breaking process of those high-level showrunners. I mean, Aaron's episode was fantastic in part because he was very earnest and open to his process of uh, working on the show Daybreak. And it was a full like a 19-minute sit-down where we really dug deep into his staffing process and so forth. And uh, that is what we will be doing with future showrunners. <laughs> All right, let's get into some of your own holiday questions uh, as well as some shout outs. And uh, we had an amazing topical question from longtime listener Varta. Varta says, hey guys, I wanted to drop you an email since your show is one of the things I'm grateful for on this holiday. You've been my faithful companion and advisor for this past year and I've grown exponentially as a writer because of that. 
Uh, I have a holiday question for you. Do you like to include holiday scenes in your scripts? Christmas, Thanksgivings, New Year's, Fourth of July. These are good opportunities to throw all your characters together and show the group dynamic. But how does having a holiday affect your script in terms of air dates or release schedule? Obviously, it's not going to be an issue if you're just writing it as a sample, but if you're hoping to get that script made, is it unwise to anchor it in a certain time of year? I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are since TV is different than movies in that respect. Also, with the proliferation of streaming platforms, a show can drop at any time. But if you're writing to a network type of show, I guess you should try and match the time of year in your show with a time that will possibly be on air. Uh, thanks again for everything and happy holidays. Best of Varto. That's a great question. It's actually interesting. I mean, personally, I don't have experience on the network side, but I can tell you from the cable and uh, Netflix side that when uh, we worked on our holiday episode, obviously we were not uh, celebrating Halloween when we wrote that Halloween episode. But with that said, I feel like at the end of the day, it comes back to what is the point of doing a holiday episode. And uh, besides the fact that it's going to be a timely episode, the point of doing a holiday episode usually is to milk the emotions of the family issues or the character dynamics and the character relationships therein and use the holiday as a backdrop to root and ground that episode on an emotional basis. And I know for uh, my past experiences, that's been the goal. It's sort of like, what is the point of the holiday? Let's not necessarily explore the customs of it, but more so what, how do the characters reflect off of the holiday itself. Yeah, for sure. On the network side, writers' rooms do plan around those things, like the Thanksgiving episodes, the Christmas episodes, that sort of thing. And part of that is to kind of cash in on uh, more eyeballs around that time of year. You know, people are, are home on holidays and they're, you know, these are kind of big, you know, almost like sweepstakes episodes that they're trying to kind of get people to watch. And so they will do a special Thanksgiving episode, a special Christmas episode, all that kind of thing. But there are many shows that don't do that. They just kind of go straight through. They tell the story they're trying to tell and they don't kind of pander to a particular holiday or whatever it is. So in terms of you writing it in your own scripts, I don't really see an issue at all. I don't think anyone's going to be like, wow, this is an incredible pilot and I want to make it. But unfortunately, there's, you know, a a Kwanzaa celebration in there and this is not going to be out anytime near then. So we can't put it out. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the reason why you're doing it in the first place. I know that Shane Black is famous for rooting most of his movies uh, during Christmas. Uh, Even Iron Man 3 was during Christmas. And uh, that's in part because it gives a certain a grittiness to the script. It, it gives it sense of time and place in a way that if you don't have a holiday, it's sort of, it could be ephemeral. It could take place anytime, which is good and bad. But for TV, I feel like that's going to be much trickier to pull off in a pilot episode. Obviously, you are not asking specifically for original samples, but if we are talking about original samples, doing it on a holiday, I think could be good and bad. I mean, a classic example is The Simpsons. I believe that it was in the pilot of The Simpsons taking pleasure in Christmas, or am I just misremembering? <laughs> it was the yeah the original first episode of the series itself the earlier like shorts in the tracy ullman show and whatever weren't but uh so yeah. i consider those the pilot i guess but yeah yeah and so i feel like that did uh give a sense of time and place to the simpsons even if obviously on the production level it was a slightly different but i feel like if you are writing an original sample if you have a good reason to set it during a holiday, I think it would give an added uh, layer to that script. But if not, I mean, the question goes back to what is the point of uh, rooting it in the holiday? And if it's just to 
have fireworks in the background for a climactic scene, then maybe it's not really worth it to have it on the 4th of July. But if it's more about uh, giving thanks and there's some like thematic connection to the characters and a relationship, then maybe Thanksgiving would make sense in that capacity. Right. I, I would say just make sure it's not going to affect the repeatability of your show. You know, if you're setting this all around this holiday celebration and all the interactions and the drama and the story that's taking place is so dependent upon that backdrop, then it's going to be hard to make every episode just like that because you're not going to have every episode set on a holiday. And then conversely, you can lean into the fact that this is a holiday show. So for example, I've been working and developing on a, on a miniseries that does take place during a Jewish holiday. And in that show, obviously the Jewish holiday is specifically tailored to the family dynamic, but also that is sort of the backdrop of that miniseries. It's a limited series, not a, something that's going to go on for many years. But in that context, I am actually purposefully using the Jewish holiday as a backdrop for the stories and sort of linking emotionally and thematically the characters to what's going on in the Jewish holidays and the custom and sort of normalizing, quote unquote, some of those elements in the script. And I think that's another uh, thing to look out for. It's just the, the way you're using those uh, holidays and themes with your characters on an emotional basis. Now, I will, I will mention that we did a couple of holiday episodes specifically uh, beyond obviously the first 2016 holiday special that we ever uh, did in uh, back in 2016. That was PT25. We actually talked a lot about holidays on TV in that episode, so definitely recommend that one. And we actually did an episode on Halloween on TV. That was PT64, literally 100 episodes ago on the nose, because this is PT164. Can you believe this was 100 episodes ago? Wow, the time really flies. But yeah, the last thing I'd, I'd just say about this is that often the holiday episodes are exceptions to the rule. They are an, an excuse or an opportunity to diverge from the typical format of the show and what they're doing and do a bottle episode around a dinner table or some other sort of exploration that uh, feels different from the show in its own way. And it's interesting to people because of that. So if you, you're going to run into potentially issues putting that in a pilot, if you know these things are an opportunity to make the show feel different than the regular show. So right. just to balance all of that up. To that point, I mean, I definitely agree that 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 is essentially what makes a holiday special different than all other episodes. And that's in part because it's an odd episode. If you look at even the most famous and acclaimed Friends episodes, a lot of those are going to be the Thanksgiving episodes, obviously. And that's because they're unlike the, the all the other ones. Like uh, Barta, you mentioned that it's a good opportunity to throw all the characters together and show that group dynamic. I definitely concur that like that's a key element to it. And I feel like if you're going to be using it maybe as a spec idea, that's something to think about is sort of how do you distinguish that episode from all other holiday episodes. So that could be uh, also a tool to use in your arsenal. So thanks for your question, Vardar. Now, moving along, we wanted to give a shout out to all of our fans. So uh, we're going to go through and just mention by name all of our uh, Patreon supporters in 2019, old and new, including Adrienne, Alyssa, Andy, Angel, Angela, Anthony, Appletown, <laughs> uh, Brianna, <laughs> Gary, Claire, Claudia, Dallas, Daniel, David A, David C, Diana, Donna, E. Levi's, Emily, Emma, Eric, Erica, Fergie, Isabel, James, Jamie, Jennifer, Jordan, Josh, Joshua, Julie, K, Kaiko, Kiana, KW, Latoya, Lexi, Lindsay, Liz, Lorraine, Mark, Mark Lynn, Max, Maisie, Michael, Michael H, Nathaniel, Paul, Ray, Rom, Shakura, and Wes. 
Thank you all so, so much for your support. We could not do this without you, and it means a lot uh, to have your backing on Patreon, and we hope that you are enjoying all of the special Patreon exclusives that we have for you. And if you want to join our Patreon, you can do so at patreon.co slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And on that note, we actually also had a shout-out from David Crossman, who is one of our Patreon subscribers who posted on a TV Writer's Room Facebook group, and he said, I like to listen to the podcast while working out, but it is a bit weird to hear hip-hop and death metal black out of other people's headphones while deadlifting to rewrite techniques. <laughs> Hopefully we, uh, we give the techniques in a particular rhythm that can let you move to that. So, but, uh, that's, that's funny. Thanks for uh, writing into this. David. Yeah. We'll do a TV drop sets, uh, two, one, uh, five by five. <laughs> Let's take a look back at uh, Paper Team for 2019, a little bit of a year in review. And uh, first of all, we got to look at our goals that we set for ourselves at the end of uh, 2018 that was in our last holiday special. And uh, did we accomplish those goals? Well, let's tackle those uh, bit by bit. The first one that we mentioned was that we would be regularly posting on social media. Oh boy. So we already failed at that one. I, I we, mean, we have done, extent. we've done okay. We, we've been posting pretty regularly on the TV calling writer's room, Facebook group. We, we try to share the episodes and promote discussion and encourage people to chime in about that there. Uh, we have neglected our, our paper team, Facebook page and, and we post on our Twitters. I'd say it's a mixed success. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, we could be more regular and more putting forward all that stuff. I agree. If I were to rank sort of uh, from top to the bottom, like regularity, it'd be like Twitter, Facebook group, and then really, 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 really down the bottom, the pages. So perhaps we should work on that next year. I do think that on the Twitter side, we actually probably did better this year than we did in 2018. So I think that was an improvement. We do have the Facebook group. So I feel like that's also been uh, very active in that capacity. But we can definitely improve on the different kinds of social media. Also, I mean, personally, I just use social media less and less. The only reason why I'm on Facebook, to be honest, at this point is groups. And the only reason why I'm on Twitter is to share those episodes and sometimes talk to other people through those uh, social media outlets. So I feel like personally, I've definitely taken a step back. I'm definitely pretty active on Facebook, but I think it is largely for groups as well. And Twitter, yeah, I feel it's a similar kind of thing. I'll occasionally interact. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll do our best to try and be a little bit more regular with the social media posting. And a few listeners feel that you tend to see things most on Twitter or, you know, you don't really care about the Facebook stuff as much, or you, you enjoy the fact that we post that for discussion. Let us know. We'd love to hear some feedback on how you like to be reached online. The next item that we mentioned last year was a goal to expand our audience and reaching not just aspiring writers, but working professionals. And I do want to say that I feel like we are definitely reaching that goal. I mean, one of the upcoming Shona guests that is going to be coming on the podcast is, I believe, a listener of the podcast. So, uh, and I've also encountered many uh, guild and uh, other writers, obviously, who are listening to our podcast and uh, give us shout outs. So I feel like that's definitely to our benefit. Yeah. I mean, when we we're in the Austin Film Festival, we had a ton of people come up to us recognizing us from the podcast after our panels just walking around the place and so i really do feel like we have expanded our audience just in raw numbers as well as the diversity of the types of listeners we have yeah i feel like in large part that was due to at the top of the year because of a fellowship series that we did i think that pushed us to another level but conversely i also feel like because of our own uh, little circles of friends and uh, and guests that we found on podcast those people have obviously blown up in multiple ways and so i feel like in that capacity by 
definition, they are working professionals as we are, and they're just like rising up as we are as well. So that sort of lifts the podcast in of itself in the same way. Another goal that we had from last year was to have more showrunner level and top level guests on the podcast. And I feel like we have absolutely accomplished that. I mean, we just had Aaron Colite, we've had uh, Dan O'Keefe, we've had Kai Wu. We, you know, there's a number of people who are running their own shows and doing this kind of thing. And we're going to have even more next year. Yeah. As Professor Hawk said, uh, I would consider that an absolute win. I mean, that this was uh, this year, we actually did a lot of top level guests. Obviously, uh, the fellowship decision makers were on the podcast, as you mentioned, Aaron Colite. We had Tamara Becker Wilkinson. We had so many EPs and higher level guests uh, this year. I'm very excited for next year also, but we're definitely uh, getting there as well. Another goal that we were considering last year was maybe exploring the idea of some paper team merch, feeling that out. Where are we at on that? Yeah, so uh, a few things on that. The first thing is if you are a Patreon subscriber, then you've obviously seen uh, some of our little merch stuff in terms of the stickers that we've been making uh, that have been very successful. For ourselves, for Nick and I, we created, or at least I designed sort of this uh, baseball cap to try things out. And I think it looks really good. I know you're not a big baseball cap. You're more like a flat bill kind of guy. So maybe right, we'll right. do that next time. But at least for me, I really like the design of this baseball cap. And uh, pending Patreon subscribers, I feel like that's going to be the big decision maker and, and factor in terms of expanding the merch on that level. If you are interested, you listening to this right now, if you're interested in some paper team merch, we will post uh, some of those uh, baseball cap photos on on uh, social media in the show notes, at least for this episode. But uh, you can always send feedback and ideas at askatpaperteam.co. I will also mention that uh, we made a little coasters. And so I think we will bring those to our little mixer next year as well. Yeah, we've been experimenting with prototypes and just seeing what would be best. And we'd love your feedback on what kind of merch you'd like to see and what you'd be interested in receiving. The next item that we wanted to mention was that last year we wanted to do a paper team mixer. And uh, well, I mean, we did at the very top of this year, remember? When uh, January 2019 was a thing, all these <laughs> I months do ago. indeed. That was a really great mixer. I think that uh, it brought a lot of great people out. I mean, we met Paul there in person for the first time, and then he ended up uh, becoming a mentee. And a lot of our other listeners, paper tees, participants, all that sort of thing. And it was just a really nice night. It was a really fun time. So again, like we said before, we're looking forward to doing another one of those next year. Absolutely. And uh, at the end of last year, we also announced that we were about to launch our Patreon for Paper Team. And now it's been running for 12 months. How is that going? Yeah, I think we're doing great on the Patreon. I mean, as we read out before, uh, all those names of our fantastic supporters, we've hit two goals this year. We hit our $50 a month goal where we can commit to hosting two live events. We've hit our $100 goal where we can get a dedicated mic for our guests, a better mixer for the podcast. Hopefully you can hear the difference here. And we are well on the way to our next goal of $200 a month where we can basically make the podcast sustainable and having to stop kind of paying out of our pockets just to keep things running day to day, which is a huge goal for us in terms of it being a, a, a viable thing for us to keep doing. Yeah, I, I don't want to undersell the, the headlines there that within the 12 months, we hit two of our goals. Like you said, we were going to do two live events. We did arguably more than that just because we also did the, the WonderCon panel. We also did the Paper Team Mixer. We did the Table Read event. I mean, those are really massive events that we put together uh, this year and we can't wait to do even more next year. Now, in terms of the, the third goal, I mean, we're definitely on our way there. Uh, I know that we need to do a little bit better in terms of delivering cheat sheets and uh, the different deliverables of uh, some of the content for the Patreon. However, we also have a lot of content that we're putting out there in terms of the paper patron uh, episodes and bonus questions that we get from our guests. So I feel like if you are interested in even supporting us at the $2 level, the $5 level, $10 level, whichever level you prefer, uh, I really feel like the Patreon is delivering more and more value as we continue. 
Totally. Even just access to those bonus episodes that you get when you buy in, I think is uh, a really valuable thing. And it's, it's an entire episode that uh, you'll never get to hear otherwise. So definitely consider chipping in and at whatever you can afford. And the last, but certainly not least a goal that we had last year was to do our very first paper team mentorship. Like I said, it's an absolute win, I would say. And <laughs> either way, even if we did not uh, finish it because Paul got staffed. So I feel like that's a win on that context. Absolutely. And you know, as Paul said himself, he felt like he learned a lot from the podcast even before he was brought on as the, the mentorship. So it's, it's nice to have that warm, fuzzy feeling that in some small way we contributed to helping Paul in his career. And uh, hopefully we can continue to do that with everybody else too. All right. Because it's the end of the year, it's time now to quiz Nick on if he knows the podcast with our annual paper team statistics quiz. Yes, welcome to the 2019 quiz where we quiz Nick on if he knows the top five episodes and other uh, miscellaneous uh, information that our listeners are dying to know about the podcast. Also known as Nick Watson. What does he know? Does he know things? Let's find out. Hosted by J.D. Salinger. <laughs> J.D. Sa- excuse Sorry, me. Alex Friedman. Alex Salinger. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, now let's start with the top five new episodes of 2019. Now, I will preface this by saying that we all know that the four fellowship episodes that we did are going to be in the top four. So those are the top four. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm putting those aside, right? Okay. We all know that PT 130, 131, 132, 133, they're all in the top five, top four of 2019. So those are excluded. I'm asking you now, Nick, to give me, let's do six. The six new episodes of 2019, all from all the ones we recorded this year, which ones are in the top six episodes in terms of downloads? All right, great. Let's get started. So let's start with, I think that PT 129, our WonderCon panel, comics and TV writing, how to bring the page to screen must be uh, up there. Wow. It is not. All right. It is not. Damn, Daniel. Maybe you should all get on that and listen to it (laughs) because it's really good. All right. That was humbling. Uh, (laughs) How about TV Formula 101, building an engine for your show, PT 117? Wow. You really don't know the podcast, are you? Well, actually, you don't know our listeners, I would say, because you do know the podcast. I'll give you one last chance, and then I'll give you the actual answers. All right. Third time's the charm. I'm going to say that PT119, writing samples and preparing for TV staffing with Liz Elper and Kai Wu, was on there. Uh, Just like that. That's all there is to it. Oh, thank you, Drew Carey, for this commentary track. Uh, yes, PT119 is in uh, this new top five. In fact, it's going to be that's uh, the seventh most downloaded episode of 2019 overall. So congratulations. Nice. 
Here's the correct list. Now, uh, number six is PT149, which was our paper scraps episode all about imposter syndrome, staffing submissions in different commercials that uh, networks were doing. So that was uh, the sixth one most downloaded them. Wow, Just I wasn't expecting a paper scraps. That's that's pretty cool. Exactly. I do have one more guess I want to throw in there. You can keep reading your list, but I, I, I do think that comedy versus drama two blurred lines PT143 has got to be in there somewhere. So keep going. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't, is it, am I so out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. It's, it's the listeners who are wrong. <laughs> All right. Let's continue with number five was PT150. The 150th episode special was our, uh, besides the fellowship series, obviously, it was our fifth most downloaded episode of 2019. It was a jam packed episode. I think it was almost two and a half hour long review of uh, the podcast, just classic clips, as well as just new updates from our uh, past guests. So that was a really successful episode. Perhaps people were, uh, using it to lull them off to sleep. This is like a self burn. You're just, I know. You're hitting yourself aware. right there. All right. Uh, number four was PT139 TV writing resources we use. Remember, we did two episodes just about the resources that we mm-hmm. use both on a TV writing end and a TV business end. And uh, that was a PT139. Now, a PT119 was the third most downloaded episode. You just mentioned it. PT135 was our second most downloaded episode that was earning your way into the writer's room with Ning Zhao from Ozark. Oh, yeah. So that was a really well received episode. And last but not least, the most downloaded episode of the year besides the fellowships was PT148, Common Mistakes to Avoid in Your TV Scripts. Oh, that's cool. I mean, from the sounds of it, anything that's just sort of like, here's a simple standalone resource that you can get a bunch of jam-packed information from seems to be really popular with people. Absolutely. And uh, we will continue doing that. Now, I will ask you, what are the top countries after America, the top five countries that are listening to us in order? Well, I'm going to say Australia, Canada, UK, Germany, Japan. Top five is Canada, UK, Australia, South Africa, and Ireland. Damn. All right. Now, maybe Des Doyle's bringing in the Irish. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Now, speaking of Germany, can you give me the top three uh, German areas listed in the podcast? What do you mean by area? Like city? In metropolitan areas. What does that refer to? I'm not that <laughs> like familiar with cities, German cities. geography. I would say like cities is accepted. Okay, sure. I will say Berlin. That's number one. I would say Hamburg. Uh, that would be incorrect. Uh, the second one is called the uh, North Rhine-Westphalia, also known as North Rhine-Westphalia, which includes uh, Cologne as yeah. the, its largest city. And number three is, well, right. Bayern is the, the area. Yeah. So uh, you almost had it. If only you knew your uh, German uh, geography more, <laughs> you'd be nailing this quiz. All right, I'm going to start quizzing you on <laughs> regional Australia country, like Victorian towns. All right, Alex, how many listeners do we have from Wollongong? <laughs> Hold on, let me uh, Google this <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Probably next year. Next year, Australia is going to be uh, the big quiz. Okay. You'll nail it. <laughs> All right, since uh, 2019 is coming to a close as well as the decade, we thought, hey, let's uh, think about our favorite things from the past year and maybe from the past decade as well. And let's start things off with our favorite shows of 2019 and specifically our favorite drama and one-hour show of 2019. Which one is it for you? 
Uh, for me, I actually really enjoyed The Boys. I know it was kind of hit or miss with some people or thought it had its ups and downs, but I really, really liked it. I mean, I will preface this by, or postface this by saying that I don't watch a ton of drama. I spend most of my time watching half-hour comedy and animation. So the actual number of shows, like I haven't seen a lot of the big premiere shows that everyone's been talking about, like Chernobyl and like I haven't even watched Watchmen yet, things like that. So out of the shows I've seen, I really enjoyed The Boys. Fair enough. And uh, my favorite drama one-hour show for this year has to be Watchmen, which you don't watch, but I watch The Watchmen. Uh, (laughs) At least somebody's watching The Watchmen. We finally answered that question. (laughs) Exactly. One person, uh, despite the abysmal ratings that it's getting. (laughs) One person at least is watching The Watchmen. It's a really strong show. I mean, uh, for me, it's not quite what expected it in a sort of a mind-blowing way, but it's it's pretty straightforward to me. I've said it on the Patreon uh, podcast. My whole take is that they're actually recreating the story from the ground graphic novel, except using different characters and different timeline to tell it. And uh, we'll see. Uh, at this stage, I think we're on episode uh, seven is about to air tonight. So we will see how that season ends. And what was your favorite comedy or half hour show this year? For me, my favorite comedy or half hour this year has to be the second season of Fleabag. It was on Fleek, like Fleabag. I'll also give a shout out to the second season of Barry, which is also very strong. Absolutely. Barry was almost my answer, but then I remembered uh, the delight that is what we do in the shadows. And uh, I've, I've really loved that. I've been a big fan of it ever since the movie. I think I saw it very early on when it was still on its festival run in the Melbourne International Film Festival and have been a huge fan of Taika Waititi since the very early days. I was teaching his short films at a University of Melbourne in the screenwriting classes, and he's just gone on to do incredible things. So yeah, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show for FX, has actually been a very strong adaptation of it, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next season. Excellent. And uh, what about favorite episodes of 2019? And let's start once again with one-hour dramas. What's been your favorite episode? So as I mentioned, I haven't seen a ton of one-hour drama this year, much to my dismay. So I'm going to cheat a little bit and say uh, I really liked Bandersnatch. Technically, it came out on December 28, 2018. And it's also (laughs) kind of like an interactive movie, but uh, just completely cheating here and saying that. Uh, So this is one thing that, that stuck with me. It's part of Black Mirror, so I, I kind of lump it in with... Uh, sure. Uh, My favorite uh, one-hour episode is uh, 1984. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the comic White Last Man. That's my favorite one-hour show. Or in Peace, Way Tell Story is my sure. favorite one-hour no, I've lost the thread. I don't even know what we're talking about. Oh, we're talking about one-hour traumas. Okay. My favorite episodes of the year for one hour, I think it's a three-way tie for Watchmen, once again. Everybody loves 106. I think 106 is good, but I will mention 105 and 103. So 103 is She Was Killed by Space Drunk, and 105 is Little Fear of Lightning. Both of those, I feel, were really, really strong emotionally, milking sort of the, the emotion that the graphic novel set up in terms of both PTSD with the squid attack, as well as Silk Spectre's character and uh, and sort of emotional distraught after uh, Dr. Manhattan became a god. All those different things I feel like really came to an emotional boil in both of those episodes. I really liked the emotions they were going out to. I will also mention a shout out to Counterpart, the sixth episode of season two of Counterpart, which aired in January of this year with Twin Cities, which sort of explained the split between the two universes. I really enjoyed the way they established that. Now, what about comedy in half hour? And please don't don't give me like an unscripted uh, one hour for that. <laughs> I can definitely speak more to this. So I really enjoyed a couple of things. I think the biggest one for me was the episode Pandemonium of The Good Place. That's season three, episode 12, the season finale, where a uh, big spoiler alert here. If no one's seen Good Place, please mute your thing for the next five seconds. Uh, oh, hold on one second. The following is rated TV M-A-L-S-V. It contains strong language, violence, and nudity. 
It is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. Basically, it's the season finale where uh, Chidi has to basically wipe his memory and be reset back into the good place so that Eleanor and, and the gang can carry out that experiment. It's that scene of them sitting there watching their entire histories together is incredible and moving. So um, on top of how funny the show is, I think that that was, that was it for me. And I will give a shout out to uh, one that a lot of people have been talking about, which is an episode of Barry season two, uh, episode five, Ronnie Lilly that um, Bill Hader d- directed. And uh, it was a very, very interesting style of a lot of like one shot type movements and just bizarre stuff going on uh definitely check that out what was your favorite half hour episode this year i will have to uh, give a shout out to the series finale of fleabag that was 206 that was just an incredible way of ending the show it was a little bit open-ended in a way that i really enjoyed it's really hard to pull off a successful series finale that delivers on the emotions and sort of the this catharsis and i really felt like that episode really delivered on all fronts and it closed all the different uh, characters arcs in a really satisfying way now what about the favorite show of 2019 that our listeners probably have never heard of. Uh, I'm a little biased here. Maybe I want to say Final Space. <laughs> I feel like uh, in the U.S., it's very hard for people to to actually know about it just because there's so many things going on and it's a little hard to track it down online. I think you could, right now you can watch it on VRV or Verve, the streaming service, or if you have cable through TBS Adult Swim. Um, it might be coming out to another forthcoming streaming service soon. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Final Space. You can buy it on Amazon or iTunes. In terms of shows that you may not have heard of, because I've probably talked about Final Space a lot on this podcast, uh, there's an Australian TV series called Bloom, and that is on a service called Stan, which is an Australian streaming service that, again, people probably haven't heard of unless you're from Australia. Uh, a friend of or mine. Or you're Eminem. Yes. Uh, my friend Glenn Dullman is uh, the creator of that. He's a, a really great writer and uh, has a lot of uh, top notch Australian talent in there. And Australia's really been doing some interesting stuff lately with um, premium drama and even leaning into the genre space a little bit. So, this is a really cool show that you should check out if you can. Maybe they'll have it. I think they're going to have it on Netflix over here at some point, I'm sure. So Interesting. Uh, yeah, for me, I don't know if I really have a, a scripted show that you've never heard of that I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend a couple of unscripted. One is uh, this uh, British panel show called This Something About Movies, which is in its uh, second series. And like uh, every British panel show ever, the points don't really matter. The concept of the game doesn't really matter. What matters is who's on it. And uh, the panel show is hosted by Alan Carr, who's a really funny, talented uh, British comedian, but essentially they have two different teams going at it uh, regarding uh, movie trivia and other interesting uh, movie tidbits. And the team captains on that show, at least for the second series, are Jennifer Saunders from AppFab and Michael Sheen. The Michael Sheen. So they got Michael Sheen to be one of the team captains. And every episode, they bring in a, a really famous Hollywood actor like Tim Roth or Sean Bean. They also recreate famous scenes from movies where one of the serious actors gets the lines of that scene. And the other person in that scene is a comedian just improving off of that. So it's really well put together. The other unscripted, also British, uh, well mentioned, is The Circle, which is coming out next year for the American version on Netflix. I definitely recommend uh, if you can track down the first series and maybe even second series of The Circle. It's this very interesting sort of a social experiment and uh, slash a competition reality show uh, that uh, aired on uh, right after the British Bake Off. And so Netflix got the rights there. I believe they wrapped the shooting on the American version. There's also going to be a French version of that show on Netflix. So tune in for that in 2020. Now let's go into our favorite album music. Remember when we were listening to tunes? That was a thing. What was your favorite album of 2019? 
I found I haven't listened to as much music this year either. Uh, I've been listening to a lot more podcasts and audiobooks, but uh, one album that I've really enjoyed, uh, almost inadvertently because my fiance has been playing it a lot, but I'm, I'm into it now, is uh, Lizzo, Because uh, I Love You, is the album that she put out. So a lot of really catchy tracks, and uh, she's a, a breath of fresh air. And I'll give a special shout out to uh, Tool, uh, a sort of prog metal band that I was super mm-hmm. into for uh, a lot of my life as a teenager and young adult. And they, after like 10 years or something they've released a, a brand new album called fear inoculum so mm-hmm. uh, check that out if you're a metal fan i do listen to a lot of music especially when i work but i don't really listen to full albums linearly it's sort of you know it's uh, most people use spotify i use google play music it's this sort of streaming service where you have the radio, you have different tracks, you have a curated playlist. It's very rare that I'm going to sit down and listen to linearly an album from top to bottom. But uh, I was looking at my favorite tracks of the past year and sort of the ones that came from the same album. And uh, this year, I really enjoyed uh, Joseph's new album called Good Luck Kid. And I will also mention a bunch of uh, Verite's new tracks, which, uh, as the kids say, slap. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, let's go into uh, favorite movies of uh, the past year definitely one of mine that i kind of forgot was even in 2019 it's been such a long year was avengers endgame it seems like an obvious choice but i thought it was a really well put together uh conclusion to this incredible 10-year arc of movies that really honestly i was very impressed with the way they were able to weave everything in together and pay it off in such an emotionally satisfying way i think it would have been very easy to mess up and they didn't yeah, I absolutely loved Endgame. I saw it multiple times in IMAX, or, uh, 35, and so forth. I definitely concur with what you're saying. It's just incredible the amount of story they were able to fit into. Even three hours seems insane, but just the catharsis that they were able to create through the different character arcs and character journeys uh, coming to a close after 10 years of uh, this uh, long uh, saga of storytelling, I thought that was really, really well put together in a way that it should not have been in any uh, shape or form. For sure. Uh, and another little shout out I'll give uh, to a movie I enjoyed a lot more than I expected I would, which was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I haven't been a huge fan of Tarantino for a number of years with a lot of his films. I obviously liked his early stuff when I was younger, but uh, I actually thought that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was really well done and uh, offered a really interesting story. So I liked it. Interesting. Yeah. My favorite movie of the year besides Endgame, I would have to give it to Parasite. Parasite hopefully is going to win uh, the best Oscar or Oscar for best movie next year. Who knows? Uh, that would be a first. Uh, like last year, I feel like this is kind of the, the time where we are recording this podcast. It's kind of Oscar season. Uh, you're starting. So I haven't gone out to seeing many movies recently, but Parasite really stood out to me in terms of uh, a really sort of the down to earth story that has some a little bit of genre elements, I would say, like thriller elements, but it's really well put together. And I'm really hopeful that it's going to win many awards next year. Yeah, there's a ton of movies on my list to go see. I'd love to see Parasite. I still need to see Jojo Rabbit. I hear marriage story is really good so it's we're inundated with uh, good movies right now so which is uh, never a bad problem to have and uh, what about books what's been your favorite book of uh, 2019 uh, so this year i've actually been getting a lot more into audiobooks i subscribe to audible i've been getting a bunch of different things from there actually ironically enough i think i mentioned last year 
earlier in our holiday thing that I was I had bought the physical copy of this book Thrawn by Timothy Zahn, uh, Star Wars book, kind of a, a prequel to Thrawn's story, and I had started reading it, and I fell off of that completely. And then this year, I got Audible, downloaded the audiobook, <laughs> and actually finished it. Wow! And enjoyed it. So um, this is how a full year. <laughs> how hard it is for me to like find some time to to, to read. Um, but yeah, audiobooks have been great. I, I I think it depends on the narrator and that kind of thing. But I also downloaded iRobot, classic Asimov short Ooh. stories. Um, it's a really good story. Yeah, so that was um, a fantastic read, and uh, enjoyed that quite a lot. It's it sort of like research for something and writing as well as just refamiliarizing myself with the classics of sci-fi. I've definitely been uh, also down the rabbit hole of uh, listening or rather reading old uh, classics of uh, genre. So that's been very interesting uh, in the same way. Uh, I will mention this year, a book that came out this year was a permanent record by Edward Sorondon. It was a little bit of an autobio that he wrote. And uh, a fun fact, off of that book, the US filed a lawsuit against Snowden for alleged uh, violations of NDAs with the CIA and NSA. And then the book is also censored in China. So, <laughs> so get your hands on this copy of this book right now that's being censored by your governments. It's definitely something that obviously as a person, as a character, he's very controversial, but I definitely think that it's important in our day and age to be aware of what's going on with uh, privacy issues and uh, what people and governments are doing with your information. So I really appreciated his book talking obviously about all that stuff, but also his own childhood and uh, his tenure at the CIA and uh, the different things regarding the leaks that he did in 2013. I thought that was a really compelling book that I recommend most people listen to. Where is he these days? Is he still like in Russia or... Yeah, as of 2017, he is married and living in Moscow. So moving back to the podcast, let's take a look at some of our favorite episodes from the last year. Uh, let's start with uh, the guest episodes of 2019. What were some of your faves? PT159, Aaron Eli Collite's episode, I thought was a really fantastic deep dive into what goes on in terms of the staffing process and the writing process on Daybreak. I really enjoyed Daybreak. I think it's one of the best shows of 2019. I really enjoyed the sit down that we had with him to tackle all those things. And uh, it's sort of a precursor to what we will be doing with uh, our show on our series in the future. The other uh, favorite guest episode that uh, I'd be remiss not to mention is Tamara Becker Wilkinson's episode. That's PT144. That was all about Doom Patrol, which is another favorite show of mine from this year. I definitely recommend both of those episodes to all our listeners. Yeah, I totally agree, especially on the, the Aaron Eli Colite episode. I thought that that just really offered a new perspective that we haven't been able to delve into just yet, um, coming from, you know, straight from the mouth of a showrunner who was very open and honest about his process. I also really liked the episode we did with uh, Dan O'Keefe, which was PT154, uh, just because he has such a, an incredibly rich history of great comedic shows that he's worked on. He's able to tell stories from Seinfeld, um, all of that kind of stuff. So definitely check that one out. And uh, of course, I'd be remiss to mention our WonderCon panel, Comics and TV Writing, PT129, which apparently no one's listened to, according yeah. to the stats. That was just a, such a fantastic event. Uh, just being there in person, we had the biggest room we've ever had. It was quite full um, of people, and we had some just star-studded guests. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch, to listen to that, uh, please go back and take a listen, especially if you're interested in anything regarding comics. But even if you're not, it's just a, a great listen and the shared love space. <laughs> 
at least uh, 1,500 people listened to that episode. I just looked up the numbers. Okay. So not no one, but uh, not the top, the top of the crop. Also, I mean, we do have to mention, because we're talking about guest episodes here, the fellowship episodes, obviously 132, 133, I believe, were all amazing episodes and uh, that really uh, built the year that we are sitting on. If that's a weird metaphor, that I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> let's move on to our favorite traditional paper team episodes of 2019. You know, the ones, the ones where it's just Nick and I talking about nonsense like this very episode right here <laughs> so i would say that some of my faves from this year were uh definitely pt148 the common mistakes to avoid i thought that that was a really well-rounded concise uh, summation of all the a lot of the things that can go wrong in your pilot and the things you should be looking out for when you're writing uh any kind of script uh yeah so definitely check that out yeah, I'll mention uh, PT-117, the very first episode of the year of 2019, which was TV Formula 101. That was a great sort of look at what makes an engine of a show. And even if you're thinking about a cable show that doesn't or may not have an engine, I guarantee you it does have an engine. And that's the very topic we tackled on that PT-117 episode. Absolutely. I, I agree on that one. TV Formula was uh, just one of those really self-contained kind of episodes with a lot of helpful knowledge there about constructing a, a version of a, a pilot episode that's going to work for you and, say, and sustain a TV series all along. But another one that I really liked was PT-121 Networking 201. We hadn't really covered that topic for a little while until way back in our first episode. So it was nice to revisit that and particularly uh, with a view to tackling cold calling uh, reaching out to people via email, Twitter, etc., and the kind of etiquette you need to do that properly. Absolutely. Definitely something to look out for. The other two episodes I will mention uh, are PT125. That was an episode all about an evolution of access. There was a little bit of a conversational episode that we had where we were exposing our, some of our fears and concerns regarding the competitionizing, quote unquote, of uh, breaking into TV. And just personally, my thoughts on you know, where we're heading towards with the different movements and uh, and how sort of the industry is going to shape up. And the first idea of, I feel like, a larger conversation that we need to have regarding the access and uh, all the different issues and problems that we're facing as an industry, especially on TV, not just on the assistance side, but really in terms of the breaking in, the bottleneck that happens around the mid-level and how that helps people move up or not help. Uh, and so I'm sure we're going to tackle that conversation even further in the future, but PT125 I feel like it's definitely a must listen. Now, on that note, I will mention PT156, which was TV Pros 201, Breaking Rules, which much like the episodes that we mentioned prior to that, are sort of self-contained episodes that are really packed full of uh, ideas and advice and thoughts, uh, both uh, about our own experiences and other people's experiences and scripts. We really gave practical examples of uh, other people's scripts and our own scripts. So I, I really feel like that was one of our best episodes this year. So given that this is the end of a decade, the 2010s or whatever, you know, going to be called in, in retrospect. There have been a lot of Twitter threads, a lot of uh, articles uh, floating around the internet about the top shows of the decade, the top episodes of the decade. So we thought we'd uh, throw our own hat into the ring here and just weigh in on what we personally figured were some of our favorite shows of 2010 through end of 2019. Absolutely. And just to clarify, the only shows and contentions were ones where they had the majority, if not all of their episodes in the 2010s. So something that was like from uh, 2001 to 2011, would not count as uh, something that was in the 2010s. Now, in terms of the one-hour slash drama shows, my top three, or at least maybe not in, in specific order, but I will mention my top three shows, which would be Breaking Bad, The Good Wife, 
The Leftovers. Those are the top three shows I feel like they really define the 2010s. Breaking Bad, we all know what Breaking Bad is. No more to add there. The Good Wife, I really feel like redefined what a legal trauma could be. Uh, season five of The Good Wife to this day is one of my favorite seasons of all time. They really push the boundaries and what could be done on TV and like in terms of storytelling um, and, and, uh, and sort of redefining what a formula could be just with that show itself. And The Leftovers, much like I just said with The Good Wife, I really feel like The Leftovers changed the paradigm of storytelling in, in a way where in the first season, they really uh, tackled uh, two specific characters in standalone episodes, and they used that template moving forward in the second season and the third season. And just the way they, much like Six Feet Under in the early aughts, the way they use emotions to tell cathartic stories is something that very few shows are really able to do at such a level. Um, so I really had to commend The Leftovers. And just briefly, I want to give a shout out to Black Mirror. Back in the day, back in 2011 in TV Calling, when uh, uh, the show only had one season, if not two seasons at the time, I wrote a post on TV Calling that was describing it as the best show that nobody has heard of or nobody uh, was watching. So I did want to pat myself on the back now that we're ending this a decade, that in 2011, I was on that hype train before anybody uh, knew that train even existed. Such so, a hipster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's twirling his non-existent mustache here. Right. That'd be a villain move, right? <laughs> I mean, hipster mustache, a little oily. Uh, so for me, I think my best one hour drama TV shows of the, the decade are Game of Thrones. Despite the disappointing finish, I think a lot of people forget just how good it was in the earlier or how entertaining it was in the earlier seasons and how much of event TV it was. I think everybody was in love with it up until that last season. So I, I do really think that that was one of the defining shows of the decade that I enjoyed. I guess a, a dark horse here would be for me counterpart uh, was just um, a really a drama that flew under a lot of people's radars, but was just so excellent. And, and it really worked to what I love about a lot of TV shows, which is just this use of genre, uh, especially in a subtle way and really making the most of this interesting idea of these parallel worlds and incredible acting performances, incredible, like just exposition, backstory, world building, that kind of stuff uh, and twists and turns. So uh, check that out if you haven't seen it. And then of course, uh, the <laughs> Breaking Bad. Um, I'm not going to say a list of the best TV shows of the decade without mentioning what is inarguably right up there with them. So Absolutely. And uh, let's move on to half hour in comedies. What are your top three comedy shows of the past 10 years? This was a lot harder to narrow down. As you know, I watch a lot more comedy, but I think for me, the ones that really have just resonated with me in, in a way that they've made me both laugh and cry and stop and think and stayed with me for quite a long time. Bojack Horseman has been a revelation. I remember watching when I first moved to LA which would have been mid-2015. Uh, I think it was a little slightly late to the train or it had just sort of come out not long before then. And I watched the first five episodes and I wasn't that into it. And I'm like, what is everybody talking about? And then I kept watching and kept watching and it just hooked me in and has been this incredible soul-crushing but also life-affirming kind of ride and, and an incredible satire on uh, our industry and the world at large and, and people and how they struggle to change and better themselves. So BoJack has been fantastic. And I think it, it's up there on a lot of people's top lists. The other ones that have been a big kind of, not surprise, but uh, delight, I guess, have been The Good Place. I, I'd never really imagined that a network comedy could kind of do what The Good Place has been doing so consistently and so well. And such, a, again, an incredible ensemble cast. Uh, I've really made it work. Uh, I think Michael Schur is one of the great comedic minds of our, our generation. So, uh, And then I will say Barry is the next one, again, in the similar vein to kind of BoJack, just being able to tread that line between 
comedy and drama, you know, pure laughter and heartbreak and these, you know, really tragic stories uh, with incredible characters. Yeah, that Barry's been fantastic. And then I'll give a little shout out to Rick and Morty, which has had a lot of fun episodes. It's been a little bit tainted by its toxic fan base, unfortunately. And I'm, I'm yet to watch the latest season. And then Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I've recently kind of stumbled my way into and realized is probably the inheritor to the great episodic TV NBC comedy pantheon alongside you know, Parks and Rec and The Office and whatever. I think it's the latest one that's just been going really strong. Yeah, on mine, I definitely uh, echo all the shows that you listed. I feel like BoJack is really strong. But uh, for me, the top three, I would say uh, in no particular order, I will mention Parks and Recreation. I really feel like that was one of the most important uh, network comedies to ever come out, uh, notably because of its civic engagement. I feel like it's very important now more than ever. I'm a big uh, believer in civic engagement and civic duty, and I feel like that was a show that was celebrating government and positivity and just the good vibes overall in a way that furthered the conversation and really showed that a lot of movements uh, can be made and, and changes can be made on, on a personal level. Um, just emotionally, I feel like the, the character arcs, they were absolutely flawless throughout. On the story and narrative level, they were really surprising and they were really continuously subverting people's expectations. For example, when they had April and Andy married, I think in the second or third season, so impulsively, and how that matched the characters, Ben and Leslie being one of the greatest all-time couples in TV history. I just loved everything about Parks and Rec. The other show I want to mention, the two other shows, one is uh, Fleabag. I mean, Fleabag really redefined, in, in many ways, much like Barry, I feel like really redefined what a half hour could be on a dramatic level. It really furthered, enhanced the sort of the that character journey, sexual liberation, elements of um, personal trauma and dealing with PTSD in a very interesting way. And I will also mention Key and Peele because even though it's a sketch show, it is a half hour. It's something that was very important in the 2010s. So many sketch shows are sort of a hit or miss. Key and Peele, I feel, is more hits than misses overall. And it really introduced the world, even though we had Matt TV and other venues before that, both of those people to the forefront of comedy and uh without Kim Peel, i don't think we would have even uh, us or um, get out uh, or anything about jordan peel or monkey paul so just in of itself i feel like that is worth deserving a stand in the top three half hour comedies of the 2010s i will give a shout out to a couple more Barry, obviously, I mean, much like Fleabag, I feel like that's the, the flip side of that coin. It really redefined what half hour comedies could be. Uh, Nathan for you is the other comedy I do want to mention. It's so, it's unscripted in a way, kind of half scripted, half unscripted in terms of the absurdity of what Nathan for you was. I mean, just watch the show. It's hard to really define what it is outside of just in my mind. He's the modern day Andy Kaufman. That's what comes to mind when I think of Nathan Fielder. It really transcends what is art versus comedy versus scripted versus unscripted. I feel like all the boundaries disappear and blur when you watch something like Nathan For You, when you watch anything by Nathan Fielder, uh, just the dumb Starbucks episode in of itself was such a masterpiece. I really recommend Nathan For You and uh, I definitely feel like it's one of the best shows of uh, the 2010s. Yeah, that, that season finale, Finding Francis, was incredible. I think they really, Nathan For You changes the game and a lot of what they're doing. Um, and I agree with you on the Key and Beale side as well. I think as a sketch show, it really changed some things. So, okay. So basically, spend your entire 2020s uh, binge watching the shows from the 2010s and catch up <laughs> on everything. 
All right, let's look forward to 2020. And uh, much like every holiday special, we will now be talking about our PP team goals for the next year. Because uh, as we learned at PT 161 with uh, Rachi Jeffrey and uh, April Shi, you got to put those uh, goals on your vision board and then see what's coming up on the podcast. So what are we doing in 2020? Uh, I think one of the big things we want to do is keep filling out that uh, fellowship series uh, with some of the ones that we haven't quite covered yet. So stay tuned in 2020 for uh, some extra episodes that we'll be covering in depth on various fellowships. Absolutely. And if you want us to cover a specific fellowship or writing program that you want to learn more of, always send us an email, askappaperteam.co, and we will reach out to the decision makers and then make a definitive episode just about that uh, fellowship or program. And on that note, we will be also doing our showrunner series. We're having an incredible guest uh, the first week of uh, January coming up, at least for the recording side. Uh, we really want to push in 2020 all those showrunners to be on the podcast and uh, have an incredible resource, much like the fellowship series is to all of you guys. Um, now, personally, I feel like a goal that I want to do, and uh, I don't know if Nick, you all agree. I really want to use 2020 to push more guild writing, at least WGA content, or at least have more guests that can speak to those social movements, especially with the pay up Hollywood hashtag, the NBA negotiations happening, the ongoing ATA fight. There's so many things happening right now, especially in TV writing. And we have so many people in our own circles that are involved in those uh, different movements, obviously Liz Alperi, Kai Wu, uh, Frankie Butler. We have so many people that are at the forefront of, uh, of those issues that I really want to bring them out on the podcast and really uh, use a paper team as the platform that it is intended to be. Absolutely. I think there's just going to be so much going on next year, like you said, that it, it would be impossible not to kind of cover some of that. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, one thing that we do want to focus on a little bit again next year is uh, just turning out that Patreon content, whether that's bonus episodes, it's our Patriot paper patron episodes, uh, especially, you know, catching up on our cheat sheets, doing those bonus questions that we pull out of the interviews just for our patron supporters. Uh, we're definitely going to be uh, prioritizing that moving into the new year and hoping to grow our Patreon supporter base a little as well. And speaking of growing. I feel like we do need to do a little bit better on the social media upkeep. Obviously, Twitter is one thing. The Facebook group is another thing. Maybe the PP team pages. We will figure this out. I definitely want to use 2020 as a social uh, platform uh, movement towards the top. Uh, we are looking to do another paper team mixer coming up in the new year, which we will uh, figure out and announce once we have the details locked down. Uh, but yeah, we're just again, more live events, probably another WonderCon panel, perhaps a Comic-Con panel. That would would be fantastic and uh, we may return to AFF again as we did this year as that was a lot of fun yeah absolutely and uh, this will be the year where we will be celebrating a 200th episode so potentially we'll be doing that as a live event much like we did the 100th episode but that will be in the second half of 2020 obviously uh, Patreon supporters will get first dibs on those tickets but either way we will really be making this an event so looking forward to that and uh, last but certainly not least, hopefully we will use Paper Tees, uh, our Paper Tees session, to enact our second mentorship and or other kind of event linked to Paper Tees, TBD. But much like what we did with Paul, we really loved that process, even though it sort of uh, got cut short because it got staffed. We really want to bring that back next year. So 
If you are interested in participating, if you are interested in learning more about it, join our Patreon, but also submit your teaser to our uh, paper tease session. That's paper.co slash teaser. And now, since it is the end of the year and the holidays, we will be doing a little gift exchange. We each got uh, gifts for each other. Uh, and uh, what did we give each other last? I think last year I gave you some uh, uh, Magic the Gathering related. Oh, yeah, it was a life counter. It was a yeah. cool little wooden thing that you can use to keep track of your life in Magic. And did I was did I give you the robe last year? Exactly, the yeah. Star Trek robe. Uh, and uh, I say engage every morning when I look in the mirror. <laughs> Hopefully it's uh, coming in handy in this chilly weather right yes. now. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's trade gifts. I've got a gift for you. It's uh, small but mighty. Please uh, describe what is happening as you unfold this item. All right. Alex has given me a, a small rectangular white box. It looks like it's about <laughs> three or four inches wide by one inch tall. Let's see. I'm going to do some ASMR here. Crinkle, crinkle. Okay. It is a, a wooden box. Oh, very interesting. It's a, a beautifully ornate wooden box, a lot of carvings and symbols in them. There's a little crank on the side of it. And uh, there is a, an inscription that says, as the old saying goes, let your children run wild and free, Homer Simpson. So I'm going to now crank this thing. I'm going to open the top. Oh, <laughs> you ready for this? <laughs> That's amazing. It's a little music box that plays the Simpsons theme song. This is incredible. Thank you, Alex. You're welcome. Wow. That's crazy. All right. I feel like there's a theme with my guests that are all like wooden or wood related. Every year. <laughs> yes. All right. Next year, you're going to give me termites. And I'm gonna eat all, <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> all right. Here's uh, my gift for you. Ooh. Interesting. So it's two little satchels. Okay. Yeah, little bags. Little bags. One has, oh, interesting, one says Survivor. I wonder, there's a smaller bag. I'm going to open the smaller bag first. That one's just full of weed. No, oh. <laughs> 420, bro. All stickers. Ooh, puzzles. Interesting. Okay. Ooh, there's little totems. I, I think it's one totem that's, uh, that's cut in half potentially. And I'm going to open the other, the bigger the bigger satchel with that contains even more little <laughs> satchels. Oh, it says hard. Oh, I think hard, easy pyramid puzzle. Interesting. Oh, season 38, episode five. So someone created, if I'm understanding this correctly, someone created an actual puzzle from Survivor season 38, episode five. Am I correct? That is right. Oh my God. Thank you. This is great. So now there's you a can hard put level. yourself in the Survivor challenge and see if you make it. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to spare the listeners. I was going to try to attempt it live on the podcast. I don't think this is a good idea at all. Six hours later. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna put that aside. And uh, thank you for the gift. Yeah, thank uh, you. And uh, we should take after this uh, photos of the gifts uh, for the show notes so that our listeners can uh, feast their eyes on top of their ears on, yeah. uh, on these gifts. Absolutely. And on that note, we want to uh, give a huge shout out and thanks, much like we did earlier on this podcast, uh, to everyone who has invested their time, not just listening to us, but also participating with us in 2019 with the paper team. Absolutely. Uh, we want to give a huge, huge thanks to Alex Switsky, who is a regular editor for the podcast. He does a lot of hard work taking out all of our ums and gross mouth noises and things like that. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate your, your tireless uh, patience and dedication to making us sound good. 
Absolutely. We also want to give a shout to uh, JB Dune who did uh, the Wildcats script that we did the table read for and all the actors who joined us for that table read event. Yeah, thank you so much to those actors. Um, they're incredible. Justin Michael Terry, Ryan Marsico, Jonah Shaw, uh, Amanda Noriko Newman, Andrew Krug, uh, Ben Prendergast, and Stephanie Einstein. It means a lot that they uh, donated their time to reading the, the script for the podcast. Absolutely. And likewise, for all our guests for our first live event of the year at WonderCon, Mark Bernardin, Julie and Shauna Benson, Christopher Monfett, Jay Holtham, and Samantha Levinshus for really being present at our WandaCon 2019 panel. Yeah, thank you to Paul Chang for taking part in the mentorship and being a loyal, dedicated listener uh, this whole time as well. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers that we mentioned earlier uh, by name. Uh, again, we could not do this without you. Thank you to Roadmap and uh, Jorge for helping us sponsor this podcast and also to all our other sponsors for supporting us in that way as well. Yeah, thank you to uh, Hilliard Guest from the Screenwriters Rant Room for his frequent uh, shout outs and recommendations of our podcast. Definitely check out his as well. Uh, it's always a fantastic listen. And on top of our Patreon subscribers, we want to thank you, our listeners, for investing your time listening to us rambling week after week after week after week. Uh, and uh, we really, I mean, this podcast is made for you. So the fact that our listener base keeps growing and then the word of mouth keeps uh, spreading, uh, it really means a lot to us. So thank you. Yeah, just echoing thank you so much to our listeners and also all of our guests who have come on board throughout the the year. Uh, and again, our Patreon supporters. And uh, on that note, actually, we are on Patreon as we keep uh, repeating on this podcast. So if you enjoyed this episode, as well as all the other ones that we produced week after week, all of 2019 and soon to be 2020, please consider supporting Paper Team on our Patreon page at paperteam.co slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You will get exclusive content, opportunities, and merch, and we can keep producing an amazing show like this one for you every week. So thanks to our listeners for taking the time to tune in. You can get all the show notes for this episode as well as photos of our amazing gifts at paperteam.co slash 164. As always, I'm on Twitter at TV Calling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts, feedback, ideas for future episodes, you can always send those to ask at paperteam.co. And what are we doing? Well, next week we are actually off for uh, Christmas and New Year's Eve, but we will be back on January 6th with an episode that's all about you. You listening to this right now. Well, actually, it's going to be an episode all about pitching yourself. You know, that moment when you're in a general meeting and they say, so um, what have you been up to? Tell me about yourself. Uh, I don't know. I'm uh, Alex. Uh, I like uh, Jelly Belly. That's my life. Yeah, you're going to get to know how to pitch yourself exactly as well as that if you listen to this episode. <laughs> Much better on January 6th. And then we will also hopefully have some details about our 2020 mixer. So see you then. See you then.